passed in a world called Spanth. The land was ripped asunder and the ocean turned black in a cataclysm called the Marring. Boros survived, a land of long-lost magic, mythic beasts, and meddling gods. It is here we follow a tale, a tale of heroes, heroes we call... Of Dragon Town. Hello, welcome to the Magic Quest Boys of Dragon Town. Hey, hello. The original Dungeons and Dragons adventure. Rar. I'm your host, Jamie, your game master slash host. I already said that. Ha ha. To my left, we have Rar. Whiskers. Donatello. Whiskers. Roundry Wilder Swiffins. Charvin Dunkelstim. <laughs> oh Galvin Aurelis. Oh, I was hoping <laughs> for Aurelis. Oh my god, and Jared with the recap. Last time on MQBD, Whiskers is dead. Now, just a spirit or ghost or something. He was brought to a different plane of existence to be put on trial by the gods to determine his fate. Many of the gods showed face at this trial with the expectation that they will be back and we will be seeing more of them. <laughs> Rodane was late to the trial for reasons unknown, but when she did show up, she blew Whiskers away with her magnificence. I mean, she blew me away with her magnificence. I love Rodane in real life and in the game. Anyway, she said Whiskers was perfect and that he needed to get back to Spamp. <laughs> Meanwhile, the rest of the quest boys lay the corpse of their cat friend at the top of the spire and attempted a resurrection with the help of the auger, Sister Corvida. They said some touching words and together helped bring Whiskers back from said death. That's right, he's back, my sweet babies. Woo! The quest boys, now reunited again, said goodbye to John Cumberland, who was unable to leave the spire and maybe stuck there for some time. <laughs> but not before Penn, to everyone's shock and surprise, unlocked a secret prophecy. What does the prophecy mean? What does fate have in store for Team Quest Boys? And perhaps the land of Voros itself? Find out now. Ooh, baby. All right. We zoom in. Smash cut from dark screen yeah. into... <laughs> Are we in a fucking movie? <laughs> no, we can't it's just It's a TV our show. Okay. Uh, no, seriously. We cut to the room with everybody in the prophecy movie. room. Uh, this, this kind of tall, dark, stony chamber. The words have appeared on the, on the wall. The writing is quite literally on the wall. <laughs> oh, God. And Penn is standing with her hands on her hip, just staring at the words and kind of just like shaking her head for a bit. And Penn... After a few seconds of this, we'll then run up to the wall and just kick it as hard as she can <laughs> and turn around. And she, like, has this grimace on her face and she kind of just, like, sags over from uh, at the, uh, bending at the waist. She's kind of sagging over and brings her hands up and drags them down her face. And she goes, but why me? It doesn't. Why? Ugh. And she kind of just like, 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 kind of like, like, you know, you can tell she's kind of putting it on, but she kind of is not, uh, as she like kind of wearily stumbles over to the wall and just kind of like falls into it, uh, and then slides down the stony wall to the ground. <sighs> hey, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do, girl. This is just some wizardry trying to manipulate us. And know that whatever you need, I will be by your side, Ben. 
Pen, I, I often ask, why me? Why do, why do I exist? What, what is my purpose here on Voros? Uh, what am I supposed to be doing with myself? Uh, should, am I living up to my potential? Uh, it sounds like you're hitting a, a stage in your life where you start to question things in, in your existence. Yeah, Vrondry, but I'm unlocking ancient prophecies and there are people kidnapping me and sticking me into black chests. That's a hard time in your life. Yes. <laughs> we do not always know why we are we do not always know why we are chosen. But the fact remains that you are and you have been looking for something. You've been asking all of us, maybe I can do this. But maybe this is what you do. You open things that have been closed. You know what else? Maybe well, it's time we took you home like you asked. Well, yeah. It's just a little Anticlimactic, not knowing what I was brought here for and why I was wrapped up in all this in the first place. But yeah, I would, I would like to go home. And then Corbett steps forward and she goes, uh, she kind of yeah, takes a step towards Penn and she goes, I'm sorry, little girl. You have played your part and played it well, but there are no other prophecies that mention your name. And no one has received any other visions and... Thus, there is no other way to really determine why you were chosen of all people in Voros. The gods work in mysterious ways. Veil tenfold so. The, the Hierophant will want to see this prophecy. If only I had a... She kind of looks around. She's like, uh, oh, of, of course. Uh, very funny, my lady. And she kind of looks up. The and pen, then, and then she goes over to the dais where there was the pen and the scroll sitting, and she starts scrolling down the prophecy that's written on the wall. I take a picture of it with my scroll device, but cool. I don't post it. I was on gonna scroll. say you can't post. Well, you can't take a picture without posting. Without it. posting, then I don't. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna <laughs> say. I was like, Jesus, Rondre, what are you about to do? No. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I was ready for it. Miss Crow Lady. I'm kind of disappointed you didn't. What's that? Miss Crow Lady. Yes. Corvida is her name. Corvida, yes. Corvida, yes. Sister Corvida. The Olga Corvida. Olga Corvida. That's a lot. You may call me the Olga, or you may call me Corvida. Olga Corvida. What do you think this prophecy means to Penn and to us and to the world, I guess? Well, if I had to take a guess, and she turns around and kind of looks up at it for a while, and tapping the quill against her chin thoughtfully, I have no idea, but that is not my job. That is the job of the Hierophant. That is why he is here. Follow me, I'll explain. And she, like, like, like turns and leaves from the room, so her robe's kind of whooshing behind her. Uh, and as you guys walk down the hallways and to the lift... Uh, she says, um, You see, here at the spire of the Whispering Wind, we worship the Lady of Crows, and we do our best to carry her word to those who would have need of it. Only she knows what is in store for us mortals, and as a reward for our faith, she will sometimes grant the most dedicated of us visions, or, in rare cases, much rarer these days than past, she kind of says under her breath, prophecies. You see, the spire is broken into three branches. 
the seers, priests who aim to see and hear Our Lady, the soothsayers or sayers, those who possess dizzying intellects and magical prowess who aim to decipher and interpret her will, and the hands of fate or hands, who you may recall meeting early in the courtyard, who meditate on the nature of fate and hone their bodies so that they may one day leave the spire to deliver missives containing the lady's portents to those whom they may concern. Each branch is led by a harbinger, and it is up to the three harbingers to ensure the spire thrives. I am the harbinger known as the Augur, head priest of the Seers. We are now going to meet the harbinger known as the Hierophant, Orion, head wizard of the Seers. Is there like a chart or something you could put all that on so I could see it laid out more clearly? Because it is much like a government; it splits up the d duties and the the powers balance themselves. The seers, the sayers, and the hands. That should help. But no, I'm not going to write it down. <laughs> we are heading to the Hierophant's study. The study of true sight, where he spends most of his time unraveling the puzzlements of past prophecies and poring over tomes of uncommon knowledge collected over the centuries. And as she was explaining all of this, you all are in the lift. You all head down the lift a couple floors. Uh, the surly hand who is operating it kind of uh, listens to her and takes you guys down. And Can I start uh, heading short the rest? Home. Short rest while we're going there. Uh, it's not going to take an hour. <laughs> Damn it! No, sorry. <laughs> um, but you all head in that direction, and you eventually arrive uh, on when you get to the new floor. You head few down a few stone hallways that are also very circular and winding, uh, but you eventually reach a large stone door. Uh, as you guys walk down this hallway, you all pass a. Uh, there seem to be like three. There's like a crossroads of three, basically. Uh, and Corvida directs you guys down the rightmost uh, hallway. But you can see down the left, there is a giant like door that seems to be uh, bolted um, from the outside. Michael bolted? Yeah, Michael bolted. Uh, okay. What's a nice one? What's inside there? That door right there. And she kind of gestures in that direction. Uh, yes, that is, um, well, I mentioned the Hierophant, and I mentioned the Augur, but the head of the hands is the Prophet, Virgil. He has not been seen in quite some time. A long time ago, before I had even arrived here, Virgil took it upon himself to lock himself away in his private training chambers, his sanctuary of solitude, saying that he would emerge when the lady granted him his final task, his final missive to deliver, the most important message that the world would need desperately to receive in that moment. Needless to say, here he is to that day. Here he is to this day. Seems like he's putting all his eggs in one basket. Why not just do a bunch of more while you're waiting for the big one? He's probably dead in there. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Oh no, he is... Virgil remains quite alive. And you can see from here, there is a little window in that door. Uh, and so you can actually look through into that room. I do. Uh, you're too far away to look into the room. You guys are like 30 feet down a hallway. Yeah, just looking at... What, um, what do... Sorry! Are we going... We're, I assume we're going to meet the Hierophant. How do we refer to this person? The Hierophant. Okay. Unless he asks you to address him by a different name. I always try to address people how they want to be addressed. Hmm. Then Hierophant. Here we are. And then she opens <laughs> the door uh, to this room. And this room uh, 
quite large room. It has a couple sections to it. There's one area that kind of, uh, uh, a couple, a few stairs, like three or four stairs that kind of lead up to a little uh, landing that seems to have one grand desk on it with all these books. Uh, this entire room is stacks of books everywhere. The walls are like front to back covered in, in like shelves and shelves and shelves of books. Uh, this this landing up there with the large desk that I mentioned is covered in books. Uh, there is a, a back area, if you go further into this study, where there is a large fireplace and a number of chairs and, like, chaise lounges uh, kind of in a semicircle around the fireplace. Um, and there's a nice toasty fire. There's a big stained glass window with, like, purple and light green and forming this beautiful mosaic uh, that kind of opens up to the sun. And there is a older looking man wearing a black mask that kind of sweeps back over his head. Of course, it's a crow mask. And he, he look he is back slumped back in his seats, seat with his uh, head facing up towards the ceiling. Well, there he is. <coughs> Thank you. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, Hi the Hierophant. We are four of us, five of us here with the key to the prophecy, and we have unlocked it. I believe Corvida has written it down. As you walk up the steps and start to, like, come around this desk with the slumped over guy, he does not move. And as you get closer, you can see that the mask uh, does not have eye holes in it. He's probably dead. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. He's not dead. Just give him a shake. Okay. I will walk up to him and shake him a little bit. Okay, as you shake him, he... I'm sorry to wake you. And as that happens, as he wakes up in that same moment, a, a bird, a black bird, smash, smashes against the stained glass window and then falls to the ground. Oh. Oh, hello. Hello there. Hello. Hi. The Hierophant, we are five... What, what happened what with that this? bird? <laughs> oh, I was... I was, uh, that was me. That was me. What? I was, um. Wait, did we kill that bird that by bird. waking you up? A they, little bit, yes. It's, they it's said we should wake you up. Right, it's, it's best not to dwell on it. I Auger, we, why'd you tell him to wait, wake him up? I didn't know he was warging right now. Oh. Well, seems like something you should probably double check. That bird's dead. Things die. This yeah, is true. It's quiet. Happens all the time. And things come back. And I wink. Yes. I know when Very true. Oh, yes. Uh, Who are you Orion. winking at? <laughs> just looking in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Orion, um, this one was just graced by the altar of unveiling by the lady herself. She saw fit to grant him another chance. Deuces. Oh, excellent. Very good. And he kind of gives you a, a look. Um, by the way... This guy is wearing these long sweeping robes. He has like this mantle that he wears uh, that has these like, it's just all crow, these like soft downy kind of crow, fe uh, crow feathers. And he has like these, this kind of gaunt appearance to him, very much so like long spindly arms uh, like that. And uh, as he takes off the mask on his head and kind of just like throws it on the desk next to him, he's got a long black beard, like a long black scruffy beard and long black hair that goes down his back to the backs of his knees. And you look into his eyes and you guys see that he, he has like these stormy gray eyes that literally seem to have swirling storm clouds like in them that kind of move uh, as you 
glance into his eyes. Very, it's very trippy. <laughs> it is uh, quite a sight. Whoa. Yes, wow. I am the Hierophant. It is a pleasure to be in your presence. We are five who have brought a key to this prophecy and unlocked it. And I believe Corvida has written down the new prophecy. Ah, uh, which prophecy is this now? The keys of Eon. Uh, and then Corvid goes. How long you've been asleep? Uh, I uh, some time now. What time is it? It's the one from up on the wall. You're going to have to be more specific. We have a lot on the walls. Corvid goes. Um, Hierophant, it was the one that we um showed some time ago. Uh, it is the one that mentions Key and Eon. There's more. What is this? There's more. I must see this. And then he kind of like, like flaps his hand in Corvida's direction to get her to come over. And he kind of like starts stumbling his way over to him. He definitely seems like an older guy. Uh, he moves kind of like, like he kind of lifts his limbs up a little too much as he like <laughs> moves his arms. It's like, almost like, you know, how birds kind of do like a little, a little yeah. like, like, almost like birdie hops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He almost like, yeah, his, his knees just come up a little weirdly high. Like almost like he's marching kind of every time, every step he takes. And he goes, let me see, let me see. And he, he takes the piece of paper from Corvida and he looks it over and he goes, oh, this is very exciting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. This is, oh, I'm going to have a lot to pour over. This is very exciting indeed. I'm going to go sit. Do you mind? I will go sit Nick on one of the chaises by the fire. Oh, not at all, dear boy. Not at all. Do what you must. Make yourself comfortable. I'm going to go pour over this document. Oh. I wouldn't mind uh, taking a rest as well. I feel a bit weak. You uh, look awful. I feel awful. You're yes. acting weird, winking at nothing. You saw that too. Uh, and Whiskers still has a puffy left eye. You did just come back from the dead there, Whiskers. It makes sense that you weren't, you know, you're not feeling great. Whiskers nods his head and he'll go lay down on one of the chaise lounges mm -hmm. and uh, take a little thing we like to call at home a short rest. Hmm. Are we down for a short rest? Is that cool with the gang? If, if they would let us stay here, I would love to take it easy for a bit. Corvida kind of sweeps her hands into that part of the room, and she goes, yes, yes, and just start, like, like gracefully enters the room. She goes, yes, please, all of you, have a seat. Let us, um, well, I believe I could clear some things up for you. Please do. So you all make yourself comfortable in this little lounge. Uh, but, 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 I mean, yeah, there's going this for fireplace. Like a full day. You two guys days, have. right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so you all are, uh, Corvida prepares some hot tea for you guys, mm. and uh, one of the hands comes in with little, like, trays of food for you guys, even. Ooh. Um, so you guys get some, some yummy yum yums. Uh, there's, like, these uh, chickens. You guys are, like, get, like, little Cornish game hen chickens. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, along with, like, cool. a, it comes with some nice like greens and a times. salad. Ooh. Uh, and some bread, a nice loaf of bread that's been buttered, and it's nice and warm, like it just came out of the oven. Your establishment and hospitality are unparalleled. Thank you. Thank you very much. We do our best. Uh, and as you sit around the fireplace, there is this giant, giant raven, way bigger, like, like three times as big as a normal raven. Um, maybe like the size of a giant vulture or something Whoa. that is hung over the fireplace with its wing outstretched uh, in the diving position. Like if you guys know Alfred Hitchcock's, like in Psycho, there's that owl. It's kind of like that. Uh, it casts a large flickering shadow up the wall. It's very ominous, ominous and upsetting. Mm. Kind of weird that you didn't mention the birds when you said Alfred Hitchcock. Well, that owl is from Psycho. Yeah, I know, but 
What would you like? Like the big owl that's about, not in the birds? Yeah, but we're talking about <laughs> birds, and then you're like, you may have like been Alfred Hitchcock's bird. Psycho. It's, the one that I'm talking about is in <laughs> right. Psycho. Yeah. This is, this is I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so you guys make yourself comfortable, and mm. Corvida also makes herself comfortable. There's kind of a big cushy mm. chair, mm. and she sits down and she goes. Jesus. How comfortable are you getting over there? Well, you know, start it's, taking it's, off the shoes, stretching your toesies out. I'm just, saying, I'm just happy that she's getting comfortable. This, I like where this is going. Her comfortable is still a bit uh, prim and proper, right? Um, but it is, yeah. She's, she's, you know, baby steps. Yeah, baby steps. Exactly. What does she's Corvina look like again? Corvina, oh, I'll tell you, my she's friend. She's majestic. She is majestic. She is honestly one of the most, uh, like you guys probably have not seen elves in your life. Uh, she's one of the most other otherworldly beautiful women you've seen. Um, she is in her early 40s. She is very pale, kind of a purplish tint to her skin. Uh, just like, like beautiful, immaculate skin. Uh, very symmetrical face. <laughs> um, long, kind of uh, uh, like pale, like like black and white kind of Hair with uh, little little streaks of like teal in them here black and there. Black and white with streaks of teal. Yeah, it's like it's like peppered, but long nice. black and white peppered hair with streaks of teal, um, and piercing purple eyes. Does it look dyed or is this natural teal? No, color? it's natural, baby. Wow. Natural teal. And she wears these long. She wears this long black uh, raveny cloak, and she holds this quarterstaff that she like leans against the wall that has these like big raveny um, feathers on it. Hmm. You all mentioned that you know, or at least had a run-in with the Birdman. And as he hears this, uh, the Hierophant goes, Oh, the Birdman! Oh, no! Oh, sorry about that! <laughs> <laughs> the Hierophant and the Birdman are so similar. Yeah. The fact that the Hierophant looks no way. like I mean, No I mean, You mean yeah, looking, because they're, they're like they don't the sound similar. Because the bird, the Birdman talks like this, yeah, exactly. and the Hierophant talks like this. Like Sean Connery. Like Sean Connery, exactly. <laughs> you can tell because I'm doing a perfect Sean Connery impression. And the game is on. The game is afoot. Welcome to The Rock. Anyway, Welcome to The Spire. Don't get a bunch of actors started on Sean Connery impressions. <laughs> yeah, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, please don't. Uh, let's okay. do Christopher Walken. No! <laughs> <laughs> so you had an encounter with the Birdman. The Birdman is it was a dear friend of ours. And you guys know the Birdman? The Oracle, we called him. Oh, we expected one, you to know who um, he was. Yes. He's the one who told us to come here. She she kind of puts her fingers to her temple and her and the fur of her brow and kind of pinches it and squints and ah, the oh he got you too, did he? Well, he Let brought us here. Well, he might have told you to come here. Yes, that's to be expected. Uh, let me guess, he told you right. that we would answer all of your questions. Uh, Not he, quite. He told us he would answer a question. Oh, well, that's novel. Did he tell you, let me guess, chosen by the Lady of Crows, an oracle? You sound yeah. pretty skeptical of this guy who told us to bring the person who unlocked the prophecy about the future of our world. Well, first of all, we do not know exactly what that prophecy is to tell, or if that prophecy will matter now, or will matter in 2,000 years from now. So, let's not jump to any conclusions. Alright, but maybe you should watch your tone about somebody we clearly respect after we helped you get the boar out of the equation, feed your people, and uh, unlock a prophecy that everybody, including you, has been trying to figure out for uh, quite some time. I think we're all a little tired. Please forgive my friend. Yeah, Corvida This is a person that we you. knew and is dead. I'll put my arm on Groban. Or Chevin. 
It's all right, friend. If he is dead, and if you had any love for him in your hearts, I do apologize. But he has cost us no small amount of trouble. We ugh, created him in a way. I don't like to think of it that way, but we did. Care to explain? I would love to. So, <laughs> about 60 or so days ago, this man showed up at the monastery looking half past dead. Now, we don't normally don't let outsiders in, but the, the sister Valana took pity on him and, and convinced us otherwise, so we brought him in. And after a few weeks of being nursed back to health, we found out that this poor man was a priest of the god Lumund and was gifted with no small amount of illusory magic. We all look at Galavan. Interesting. Oh, you have a relation? No, I just think it's interesting that he... I mean, everyone looked at you when I said that, so I was just wondering if there was maybe a connection. Well, I have studied many things, so I know a little bit about Lumund and the gods. Don't be so modest. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, I had an... Is it nighttime? It is not. It's daytime. Are, okay, you, rolling, what, are you rolling a deception Eight. check? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She, she looks at you and she goes, mm-hmm. Okay, I will admit, I have a connection with Lumen as well, but I am not trying to deceive you about being a crow man. I am... What is your connection? He talks to me, and he gifts me with magic. Mm. Just when I was starting to like you. Oh, so you admit you were starting to like me. Oh, God. <laughs> and that it's changed. Well, it might swing back the other way. The pendulum, once it goes there, it might come back. That is actually true. In fact, if you put it up to your nose and you let go of it, it's not going to hit Everyone you Everyone in the room nose. falls asleep. <laughs> <laughs> you wake up nine hours later. Well rested. Great. Well rested. <laughs> I love that. Very happy about that. Um, I got all the, yeah, I got all the watches. <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, no. Roger's exhausted now. Uh, so she goes, um, anyway, so we let him stay with us for quite some time. He seemed a little off in the head, but he would amuse some of the hands with small illusions. And it, it was the most entertainment that we've had around here in many years. So they petitioned to let him stay. He seemed harmless, perfectly harmless. He'd even developed feelings for one of the hands. Hmm. Uh, but they were unrequited, and she had to frequently <laughs> remind makes him. Everything makes him horny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> in this room. That's just interesting. That's, that wasn't uh, horny. Uh, she frequently had to remind him that she had taken a vow of celibacy like the other monks. One day, after several months, he claimed he had been visited by the lady herself, that he had received a grand prophecy about the end of the world, and that he had self-proclaimed himself an oracle. Needless to say, we were a little bit skeptical as we have not received a prophecy in hundreds of years. Skeptical or uh, <clears throat> jealous? I'll admit. Damn. A little bit jealous, maybe, but very skeptical either way. I will also say that if it is a Lumen's man, then yes, he, you, you have every right to be skeptical. Exactly. But it looks like it was proved correct, so you have every right to be jealous. That it was. He, no, not that, not that part was proven correct. The part about him being uh, deceptive at heart. Because, as you see, he told us that 
he must share this prophecy with us. And he told all of us to meet him in the inner sanctum to receive his grand proclamation. Doubtful as we were, we cannot turn our backs on what might be a real prophecy. So we all gathered in the inner sanctum and we waited for him, but he never showed. We found him packing up a bag with the spire's art pieces and reliquaries in it. Oh. Yes. Well, so, what did yes. he take? Um, only some of our religious relics, some of the most priceless and valuable things that we hold dear. Yeah, but if that's it, what do they do? We use them to honor the Lady of Crows. They're we not adorn our altars with... with them. With any magic? No, these are just religious artifacts. They're very important to us. They have great sentimental value, and they've been with the Spire for many, many years. Well, I'm sorry for your loss, but Can I'm sure the Crowman. Oh, we got them back. Oh. oh, I was just about to offer if I could write down the descriptions, I could find them. But... Thank you very much. But a few of the hands chase after him. He managed to escape the Spire, but they gave chase, and when they backed him against a cliff. And they managed to take back the relicaries. Unfortunately, as they were doing so, he took that as an opening, which he used to push one of the monks right off of the cliff. Oh, what? No. Wow. Killing her. Oh what? my god. Yes. Unfortunately, in an awful twist of fate, the one he ended up pushing was the monk that he had fallen in love with. Oh, snap. Oh Cassandra. Am I? Tragic. Did she die? Cassandra. As far as we know, yes. Cassandra. You did Cassie. Who's... I'm sorry. Oh, wow. He, he called and the crows that were with him by the name of Cassie. Well, that is a twisted, twisted thing for him to do. Yeah. Unless she turned into a crow. Didn't you say that your man here is a warg? Uh, he can do that, but none of the monks can do that. And they certainly can't turn into a... a, a large murder of crows at a time. He scrambled off down the mountain, making a quick escape. But the last thing he was heard to have yelled as he disappeared was a swear to return to the spire one day with cell swords and mercenaries in tow. I believe his exact words were, you black-robed bastards will litter the floor like dead rats. You know, that does sound like someone that, we know. Yeah. Damn fucking butcher. Yes, I'm yeah. not sure we are talking about the same person. Yeah. Old it, man, um, kind of bold spot. Uh, Tab's really good at disguises. He's tall. War, war, probably wearing one of our long black robes. Very tall. Very tall, no. Not especially tall, no. Was he hunched Average over? Height, I would say. Uh, he had sort of a... He's, he's an older man, so he did have a bit of... Age has weighted upon his shoulders a tiny bit, yes. What yes. did his butt look like? What? We've what? seen his ass. Um, huh? I didn't get a good look at his posterior. No, I didn't Darn. take a glance at it. Didn't we see his ass? Yeah, crow man's ass. Well, it was covered by a crow, to be fair. No, his crotch was covered by a crow. I think we saw his pasty right white butt. <laughs> we did see his That's true. Butt. It was only his crotch. Kee. <laughs> <laughs> And, and this, so telling this story has taken some time. Y'all are sitting around. You've got a short rest by this point. Yes. Uh, and she kind of comes to a close and she goes, well, I don't know who you met, but that is who we know as this, this false oracle who went about proclaiming things that he didn't mean that were not true. Maybe they were the same person. 
I think that they were, but I don't know, maybe not. Well, it does seem like you're describing two different people, sort of, in a way. It could be, but I am not sure. At least by their actions. What was the man that you met? How did he behave? Well, he was pretty kooky. I'll give you that. But kind and very kind. And he gave up his life to protect us. It's true. Hmm. He had some sort of great magical power and command over these crows who could seemingly uh, transmit the power of his god, whether it be lumened or veil. He also, most importantly, told us to bring this girl, Pen, to here, the spire. And he said it concerned the fate of the world. And he told us of this crazy, dark being and these awesome robots. Yeah, it was part of his great prophecy, which we saw with our own eyes. Mm. Well, I told you that he is capable of illusory magic. It could have been you were deceived. Well, I can tell you for sure it wasn't only illusory magic. Yeah, because a bunch of, you know, bad guys came out of the dark and threatened us. The IS, the Iron Shields, they were there. Yeah. They wanted pen. Uh, as you say this, she, ten- her entire body kind of tenses up. She goes, what, 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 the, what about? The IS, they were there trying to get the girl. Yes, and, and many uh, others. Many the, other vamp- dragonborn, vampires. But uh, I, some of them. Look, and she stands up really aggressively and her seat kind of skids back a bit. She goes, look, I don't know what the IS wanted with this girl or why anyone wanted this girl. But it is very likely he told you to come here so he could use you to get back at us. Uh, that, that is most likely what has happened. Didn't seem like his... How are we getting back at you? Yes, we have unlocked a prophecy. Well, right. obviously he thought he would be here with you and that he would pay you money as you are mercenaries to attack us and kill us. Yeah, I am not a mercenary. You're just, my well, right. well, then it sounds like he hired poor mercenaries. That's You're right, true. I'm a nerd. Yeah, I'm not. I'm a justice of the hey, yeah. And she kind of like walks over to the stained glass windows and, and, and is like, her head I'm is a down farmer from Farmville. <sighs> she takes a deep breath, gathers herself, lifts her head up, and makes her way slowly over to you guys, and she goes, I'm sorry for my behavior. I'm sorry about that. I'm genuinely sorry for that outburst. And she takes her seat and kind of like like presses down her clothes and her robes again. It is no crime to have passion about what you believe. Yeah. What's your uh what's your experience with the I'm afraid to say it because of how you reacted last time. The IS seemed to make you I can control myself. Um well and then she kind of turns her head to the right so you can see the, her neck and she kind of pulls her robes. Yeah, I love that you guys are looking at my neck as I'm doing, as I'm acting out the motions. They're like, wait, where? Let me see. And oh you're like craning God. her neck to like look up. So she like exposes her neck and she shows you guys that trail of numbers that uh, some of you saw. Eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. <laughs> yeah, that's, those are her numbers. That trails down her neck and it looks to be written in like blocky dwarvish text and it's very faded with time. She goes, um, during the reign of Queen Sid, I was taken to the blood farms. 
Holy shit, oh. you're old. I'm sorry. Uh, yes. <laughs> Elves could live to, uh, what, 600-something? Uh, uh, maybe even than older than that. Yeah, yes. I, I, I got to check my sources on that one again. Olga Kovid, I'm sorry for your pain and anguish. I'm sure it was a terrible time for you. Yes. Many of my beloved friends and family members and loved ones were taken from me, and I've witnessed awful things happen to them. Sorry, I said the thing about your age at a really sensitive moment. I'm not sensitive about my age. Yeah, well, all right, let's leave it at that. But I want to tell you, I still think that this crow man and the crow man that you saw, it had to be two different people because the one we knew... He protected us from the IS. Mm. All three of my companions, they were struck down in the hallway leading up to the place where Penn was held captive. And I didn't see it exactly, but when I came back around the corner, there were crows on each of them. And they were, they were okay. Crows, really, crows. You're sure? Well, that's what my eyes told me. And then all my friends were all right. Well, I won't dispute the man that you knew, but I do think it is odd that we know two men who match very similar descriptions but act very differently. It makes me think. Makes me think that somebody's impersonating somebody. Yes. Either way. Or he experienced some sort of great change. Hmm. Mm. Yes, well, either way, where do we go from here? I want to thank all of you for coming and for playing your part. You're welcome. Playing your part to unlock the further stances of the prophecy. Uh, Hierophant, she looks over. What do you make of it at a cursory glance? He goes, well, I will say, it clearly indicates big things stirring in the world. Right now, I do believe this prophecy is an imminent one. And I believe the big things that are stirring are not just stirring by mortal hands. The gods have their eyes on Voros, and likely their hands a great deal more than usual, too. Indeed, there are many hands moving many pieces right now. The only question is, why? He kind of, like, strokes his long black beard. And Corvida goes, mm, yes, indeed. Well, you will all be issued your robes and your living quarters shortly. If you need help acclimating to the life of a hand, you should feel free to reach out to Brother Pavo or Sister Iomir. Brother Pavo, Sister Iomir! And the door opens, and uh, two monks come in. One really large man with, like, jaundiced yellow skin and a craggy, boulder-like face. And uh, another woman of average height, light caramel skin, but a person who seems like they're in full control of every muscle in their body at all times. Radiates a great deal of strength. With hard work and dedication, I do believe you all will make excellent monks. Maybe even Uh, seers, as she turns uh, to you, Gallivan, and kind of gestures at you. Well, I is uh, excuse me, but I didn't know we were staying. Yes, there yeah, must we, be some confusion. We have a world to save, guys. This is our life now. You just <laughs> have to accept it. Uh, no. 
Yes, I think it's best. I am interested in your friend is right. Did we know? Did we? Oh, yeah, nobody really told us when we were coming in. Somebody told John Cumberland, of course. Well, I think we'll be taking our leave now. Yes, now this is when we say goodbye, and why don't you go ahead and copy down that prophecy? Right, I will write that down. Yes, we have robes for you, and you will make your way to your rooms. You can get changed into them. As I would love to stay leisure. overnight. That is that is a very <laughs> good idea because we are very exhausted. But to stay longer and become a monk it would be an honor. I don't think we we are ready for. I think we could make a seer of you, but the rest of you, yes, the young girl will make a fine monk indeed. No one leaves the spire. We simply cannot allow it. Berger left the spire. Berger, I was going to say, Rondri. Sorry, I'm smarter than you. It's true. <laughs> Berger had permission to leave the spire. Berger's been with us for quite some time. Oh, can we have permission to leave the spire, please? No. Can I, I said please. Wait. I heard you. Well, um, why why can't anyone leave? Well, you might take prophecies or visions you have heard with you. The world is not ready for. You might misinterpret something you've the heard. The world is or not ready for. Cause any the amount of chaos I-S with the misunderstandings of the words. Yes, I know they are. And she like takes a few brisk steps towards you. I take a few brisk steps towards her. Great, I'll, you guys are briskly I'll, stepped calm, in the middle down, of this room. Please. I'll put my arms in between talking. them. Okay, okay, let's settle down. Brother Pavado, Pavo and Sister Irmir also <laughs> step closer to you all as well. Yeah, well, I look at them like, look, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> they glare back at you. No, I don't flinch. Cool. <laughs> Tight. Come on, dog. That's good. I, cool. I glare back at one of them, too. Yeah, they glare at you. Yeah, yeah I'm a glare, but I'm Ooh, a glare dude, It's Ooh, a Mexican glare off. I was going to say, it's a Mexican glare off. Yeah, well, there. I said it first because I'm smarter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that yeah, means you yeah. get to leave the spire because you're smarter than me. <laughs> oh. No. All right, so I cool. cool. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll like cool it down a little bit, and I'll back you guys up. I'm like, okay, we'll stay here for a night, and we can talk in the morning. She just shakes her head. I shake my head. Yes. No. 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 Yes. 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 That is not what's going to happen. It will not do. No one is allowed to leave the spire. What Night if we blast our way out? Pull out my thunder cannon. Oh. Hey. Whoa. Oh, now. Yeah, that's an First of all, Before what is that thing? To Nobody fire knows. <laughs> Brother Pavo will have you incapacitated on the ground. Yeah, let's not try. As he takes a step towards you. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'll step in front of Rondri, not menacingly, just like in front of him. Yeah, I get it. And be like, look, we do need to take some sleepy time, (laughs) time, and maybe our heads will cool down and we can think about this clearly. There is, perhaps. And you look over, and he's still, like, got his face buried in the prophecy, but he's holding up, like, a big knobbly finger. And he goes, there is, perhaps, another way. Perhaps there's a way we can help each other and resolve this little disagreement. Corvida looks over. What What disagreement? What are you talking about? This little disagreement you're having here. You want to leave? We say no. I mean, I just had, you know... A small farm to get back to. Nothing big, you know. I could see myself as a monk. If it meant spending more time in your presence, then I could consider it for an extended period of time, but... Right, what are we going to say? Yeah, yeah. I want to hear the man that has a solution. (laughs) When my dear fellow harbinger, Corvid over there, said earlier that there was no way to determine uh, why... 
This young girl was chosen. Wasn't entirely true. There is a way. Will it bring? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Will it bring her harm? Uh, that is to be seen. Corvette at the same time. What? What? What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Orion? The second spire. The spire of violent destinies. It has been unreachable for many years now. However, if someone were able to make it there. There is a shrine there. A shrine which is singularly unique. It doesn't exist anywhere else in all of Voros. A shrine to Vale's three daughters. The Fates. Mm. The Candle Keepers. It is said that if they are properly entreated, the Fates themselves would show up and reveal an individual's destiny and unlock any latent potential resting dormant within them. Are you saying that we need to go to this spire to unlock Penn's full potential? I'm saying there are a number of sacred relics of Vale that remain in the spire. And if we allow you to venture forth to it, to penetrate its dark, empty shaft... Now you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> Knew it. <laughs> ...and return to us with these relics, we will let you carry on your way. Sounds good. Let's do that. You yeah, can get the answer to your young girl's questions. It sounds like justice. Well, Pen, what do you think about this? The Spire of Violent Destinies sounds... The Spire of Violent Destinies sounds really freaking scary, it if does. I'm being honest. It does. Um, but I, I need to know... I need to know why. I need to know why. Why me? I agree. So I want to go. I will if follow you, you wherever your heart desires, Ben. Good and choice, I, Ben. And I will as well. If you choose to go, I will follow. You have my sword. And my gun. And my acorn. <laughs> <laughs> and my good company. Ah, all right. Yes, excellent. But there is a catch. You must leave us something so that we may trust you to leave the spire. You can't have Socatini. <laughs> we want your horse Socatini, and you're going to give it to us. Not gonna happen. Really? You're going to give it to us right now. She gets up in your face. She briskly steps up in your face. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, whoa. No, 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 totally kidding. She wants your horse back. No, no, no. She, she, she goes. No, no, no. Your hair. Give us a little of your hair, and then you may leave the spire. We will trust you to leave. Fair's fair. If you get our hair, then I would like a little bit of yours to remember you by. <laughs> that is very sweet. Maybe when you return with the relics, we can oh. talk. So it's a maybe. I think... I'm saying there's a chance. <laughs> it is good. There's a chance. So? I don't like it. It doesn't seem like a relationship based on trust. It is not. We do not trust you. All right. Well, I decline. Very well. Pen. Then you shall remain here. Pen, what do you say? I mean, I hardly got much hair to begin with. Take it. Don't do it, Pan. I'll cut off one of my dreads and hand it to him. Thank you. And I'll cut off a little piece of her hair and give it to him. I pull oh. out a nose yeah, hair. Yeah, she kind of she 
takes a little bit of pleasure. And like, like, oh, yeah, it's kind I'm of fun. I'm going to try to use sleight of hand. Nose hair? I pull out a nose hair and I hand Ew, it to no. <laughs> Off your head. The top of your head. Oh. And then I pull out a hair. <laughs> Great. I'm going to yeah. um, pull out, um, I'm going to try to sleight of hand Amerigo Meow Meow's hair. Ooh. Like palm it in your hand and yeah, then go, and oh, sneaky. Yeah. Okay. No. Oh, no. Yeah, that's an eight. I mean, I, I guess I could fa favor the gods, yeah. Um, I will. Uh, actually, you did use that. You gave it to Corvida to bring Whiskers back. That's right. Fudge. Um, okay. No, then it's an eight. She takes it and and gives you a coy smile, and she goes, And some of yours to remember you by? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought that was mine. I'm sorry. And I'll take a little bit off. With so much hair in one's pack, it must be easy to get confused. Mm. Called out. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. He might be a serial killer. <laughs> why don't you explain Indeed. why don't you explain to us what you're gonna use this hair for? I believe I can elaborate. If you have someone's hair, it makes it easy to cast spells that will allow you to see them. I have read this in a book. From afar, you can look on them and check in to see what they are doing. That's true. I am also very familiar with the spell. Uh, that would have been useful for my uh, mental Wolfgang. Speaking of, yes. have you seen another justice around here lately? Right. And a or seeker? another seeker? Oh, yes. They were the other two who came asking about the keys of Eon. Right. What? We're looking for those. How long ago were they here? They were here quite some time. I want to say maybe 20 or 30 days back. Really? Yes. What Wait. did you tell them? Let me look it up in my notes right now. <laughs> we showed them the prophecy, just like we showed you. And then you let them leave? Well, we had a vision of them in a town where two rivers end, talking to a man with a curly mustache, and I saw an ephemeral key floating over this man's head. We were going to not let them leave. Uh, we were going to have them give us a hair sample so that they might leave uh, under express orders that they do what they are meant to be doing out there. Um, but then this small gnome seeker who was with him, the quiet one. Uh, they vanished. Vanished. They vanished before our oars. Um, they, they vanished they before our eyes. Vanished. I know, I know. I fucked up my accent, okay? Okay? <laughs> That's what that was. Okay? Got him again. <laughs> you got me. Can you describe how they vanished? Um, yes, perhaps you could do this. They, the, I tried to figure it out. He pulled out some sort of small metal device and pressed a few buttons on it. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Rondry? Yeah. You don't want to say it. Rondry, but you know what this means. I know how to you make a vanishing device. You do not have one of these devices, do you? And then the other monk step forward <laughs> to I, you, Mont I, I do not, but it sounds like something I could easily make. Well, we have your hair. <laughs> Rondry, we finally <laughs> found our mentors. Was so close now. Well, we didn't technically find them. They're they're at this town with the two rivers. Will you let me uh, have this, please. Oh, that's Tip's Touch. What? Sorry, that's what? where I'm from. That's Tip's Touch. Is the man with the curly mustache your dad? My dad does have a big curly mustache. I know. Does he have a key she floating did say above that his head? Way back when. Um, no. 
Not Wait. in the time I've known him. You have a key floating above your head. I do? What? She like looks up and like starts spinning in a circle. Like look at what are you talking about? You're stupid. She punches you in the arm. Chevin. Ow. Yeah. I know you um, don't feel comfortable giving these uh, crow people your hair, but I don't know. Uh, I think it was a mistake for you all, too, I don't know, by experience. I would also just like to make a point that these people that you let go based off of this vision, we know everything about where they are and what they're doing, so... Therefore, by transference, you should allow us to leave because we're uh, very related in the same sort of uh, quests uh, uh, and we have a same sort of guidance, vision sort of thing. Uh, you are related only in that you say you are related to them. Right, but we know the guy they're talking to because it's Ped's dad. That does not put us on any obligation to let you go. But, like, you know, if you let them go, then you might as well let us go. We shouldn't let them go. They vanished. Chevin, think of right. who will be watching you. Can we have your promise that it will only be you that watches us with this spell? Of course, yes. Because the Hierophant is much too busy poring over his tomes, and the monks are just that. Because, Chevin, does this not sound delightful to you? Well, Chevin... What, somebody watching me over my not, shoulder all the time? Not just somebody. Chevin, Corda. I think you might actually... Make a good member of the hand. Rather that. Listen, also, Chevin, we shall, if you return with these relics, we shall happily give you back your hair. Oh, wonderful. Uh, what was the name of the gatekeeper? I'm sorry? The, the gatekeeper. Uh, uh, the ones who man the doors. Right, yeah. Sister Valana. Valana and, and Brother Cygnus. And Cygnus. Yeah, it sounds like you might actually be able to work with them. Sure. Well, no, I guess this. I'm going to wink at. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you're implying something about. I don't know. Rolling sneaking an past our, check. All right. <laughs> Oh, very extremely high. Uh, also, <laughs> 16. 25. Okay, all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, I see what you were implying there. Um, we're going to be following you down to the doors anyway to make sure there's no funny business, so. Right, no, we won't have any funny business. Uh, Ch- uh, Chevin might want to just join the hands, is what I'm saying. And then, right. Yeah, it seems like... We all understand what happens. If I don't give up a hair, I stay here yes. and join the hand. You're not really... No one understands what you're talking about. No. So when do we leave? Whenever you like. As soon as this man here gives us his hair. Well, I guess this is where our join. paths diverge, guys. Sorry to see you go, Chevin. I'm going to miss you a lot. Chevin, are you sure this is... So hard to say goodbye to you. <laughs> yeah. Well. We've been traveling for so long. We fought blood swine together. You're not going to go. All you have to do is give your hair. It is nothing. I don't like being watched. I won't have it done. Whiskers pulls you close <laughs> and hugs you so tight. And he's crying. He's like, I'm going to miss you so much, Chevin. <laughs> I'll miss you too, Whiskers. Penn is standing a couple feet away and watching this happen. Goodbye, Pen. I think, for the record, well, never mind. I don't see why you won't give him your hair. Doesn't matter what I think. 
And then she kind of looks away and looks down at the ground. I'm sorry. Mm. Well, um, I guess those of us that sh are going uh, should go. I would still like to have a good night's sleep here. Is that something other people would wish as well? I mean, I, it, it would be nice to make a plan to to go to the, the other spire. What plan would you need? Uh, well, uh, like how long it would take, the uh, preparations, mm. you know. About half a day. I would like to know how to entreat. But there's no way to tell, actually. I would like to know if there's any knowledge about how to entreat these daughters of Vale. Oh, yes, absolutely. I can tell you. It is said that to entreat them, you'll need three eyes of those who have devoted their life to their mother. Uh, luckily, we have quite a few of those on hand, and she goes over to a a large, like, cabinet and opens it, these two doors, the double doors that swing open, and there are all these jars and weird spell components and stuff in there. And she kind of digs through them, and, uh, she has, there's a jar, and she scoops these three jars out and puts them into this pouch. Uh, these three eyeballs out and puts them into this pouch and then zzz, kind of seals it up with the little drawstring at the top, brings it over, and she goes, You will need these, most likely. Okay, thank you. Yes, of course. Well, I want you to... I genuinely do want you to find what you're looking for there. I hope you succeed in your mission, I really do, and I hope you're able to make it back. How far away As is this do spy? I, if only to see you again. I would enjoy that very much. Sorry, you said, uh, Jared? Where is this spy? In what direction? Uh, we can take you down to uh, the path that leads over there. The oh, so it's close. old ruined path. Yeah, yes. let's hit that up and then we get to go over to Tipstudge. Well, we need to come back here. Yeah, so just quickly hit up the path to the spire for this uh, spire that hasn't been visited in hundreds and hundreds of years. Treacherous what, path the whole way to what, there. What dangers are there known in this path, in this place? Ah, I would love to do the pleasures of this part. It's my favorite. It, uh, well, over a millennia ago, there were two spires that worked together to unlock the secrets of fate, unbending the cryptic words of our enigmatic mistress, what uh, then, about 200 years ago, something happened to that second spire. We, to this day, do not know what, but whatever it was, was bad enough to cause all the spire folk to migrate, leaving the spire of violent destinies and solely occupying the spire we stand in this very day. Now, at first there were groups sent out to return to the second spire to reclaim it, they say, uh, but those groups were met with quite violent destinies themselves. Survivors claimed that those, uh, there were those who fell victim to treacherous chasms that were once safe mountain passes, fog that rendered them as blind as the lady herself, and, uh, uh, well, it is said that the way is guarded by monstrous creatures, half woman, half birds of prey, 
who possess a voice of such otherworldly beauty, it is said that just hearing it can befuddle one's mind and cause them to attempt to embrace the foul creatures, leading to their ultimately grisly doom as they are gored, flayed, and dismembered by the beasts. Harpies. I was going to say this. Is that out of the Monster Manual? Yeah. <laughs> no, I wrote that, actually. <laughs> I, I read the Monster Manual, and then I was like, I'm going to write something like that. <laughs> but better. So, exactly. Chasms, Fog, and Harpies. Okay. Yes. Every five years or so, a group of foolhardy monks attempt to reach the spire with the bright notion of reclaiming it, ushering in a new age for our little cloister, but... Fools following false dreams is what they are. Yeah, well, we killed blood swine, so... Yes, we may be fools, but we are not hardy, so... Ha! <laughs> not this one! What? Pointing at you, Whiskers. I look at him. <laughs> very the other way. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, needless to say, none of them ever returned, so... Best of luck! Is there anything you can give us for our journey to help us maybe meet these dangers head on? Um, no, we don't have anything for you. We have some knowledge that might uh, better able to assist you. Like Enough talking. All right. Like what? <laughs> uh, I mean, oh, well, I could tell you or you could leave now. Which do you prefer? I would stay. He can I go. I would like the knowledge, yes. Well, there is a root that grows on the mountainside between here and the second spire that if stuffed into your ears can help resist the harpy's song. It's called Cacophus Root. Whiskers yards. <laughs> it is a brown gnarled root with orange, uh, orange uh, little veins running through it. And um, the harpies, their skin... According to the few survivors, their skin is difficult to bruise or pierce, but they're exceptionally weak to being slashed apart. Very well. That is what we know. We can arm you with this knowledge, as we are best fit to do. Anything else for the road, you know, to keep a guy warm on these cold nights? She takes... She walks towards you. She takes a step you, towards you. She takes a step towards you, these long, slow steps towards you, and she looks you dead in the eye as she gets closer and closer to you, and she gives you a coy smile as she gets within arm's reach of you. And she gets right up against you, and she presses oh. against your body, yes. and her face right up against yours, Ooh. and she says, The relics you are to receive are an orb, an ocarina, and a sensor. Orb, and then she turns around and walks away. I had some more questions about those. <laughs> <laughs> and a sensor. Okay. Yeah, uh, an orb, an ocarina, and a sensor. An, what are, a red, what orb, are we, orb, an ocarina. What's an ocarina? It's a it's wind instrument. Okay. Have you never played the ocarina a time, dude? Yeah, that's a great question. Have you? No. Did you have childhood, oh or did God. you just skip right to what you are now? Yeah, I just skipped. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> cool. What are you? How did you do right that? <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I don't me, know. It just happened. Tell me so I can do the opposite of it and return to when I was 13. <laughs> no, you haven't aged. What? You're still 13. Oh, fuck. 
That's you have cool. Benjamin Button's disease. Oh, fuck, that's cool, kind of. Or Jack disease. Oh, oh no, the Jack disease is cool. different and yeah. sad. Yeah. Oh. But did you see Benjamin Button? Pretty also, pretty I did not sad. see yeah. Benjamin Button, no. <laughs> I mean, he's so, backwards. That's the, the, way, the way it seemed to me based on the trailer was he lived a super happy life, he got super young, he had lots of sex because he's Brad Pitt, and then he died happy baby. <laughs> he only had sex for like a year when they were the same age, yeah. and then it was just no. like, this is but strange. He had a lot of sex in that year. It's a good year. Sick. <laughs> good old sex year. They should have just made a movie called The Good Year, and then they. <laughs> the premise is that he has <laughs> Benjamin Button, Button disease. No conflict. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. No uh, arc. Berga, kind of steps into the room. She was eavesdropping outside, and she goes, "Auger, if I could, Auger, um, I have uh something I could give to them. If if it's all right with you, I, I would love to." Give it to them. I think it might help them on their journey. Yes, do what you must, Sister Berga. And then Berga steps forward, and she. I am. I am already quite warm from that encounter, <laughs> Berga. <laughs> Berga pulls out four uh, small red vials. Ooh, baby, healing potions. These are health potions. I think you'll be needing them. Thank you, Berga. This, oh, yeah, this course. will keep me warm indeed. Thank yes. you, Berga. Of course. I can't wait to drink with you again. Thanks, Berga. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you boys will be just fine. You'll come Thanks, back. Berga. But you can tell without an inside check. Berga seems nervous for you. Mm. I cannot tell. And I cool. look. <laughs> I look to Groban slash Chevin, and I'll be talking to him aside, kind of. Mm. Well, and I'm yeah. like. You sure you didn't want to come with us? Uh, well, it doesn't seem like I have a choice. I can't, they can't be watching me. We could use your own buddy. Well, maybe, uh, maybe our paths will cross. Maybe our tips will touch some other time. <laughs> is well, there, before is there we go, thing? so, sorry, go ahead. One more thing. Um, well, just, why don't you let us know it's you, if you do happen to show up. You know, don't let us think you're someone else for a really long time. <laughs> How would he do that? No, I was talking aside. I thought it was oh, like sorry, during, I didn't it was like during all this. Yeah. Okay, my bad. Go ahead. That's it. Okay. Don't go ahead. <laughs> stop. stop. Stop right there because okay. you're done. You Because <laughs> you told me you're done. Thanks you're for listening. Uh, great. Okay. Bef so uh, Before we go, yeah. is there any way to get messages out from this place? I have not written my family in a while, and I just want to send them something. Ah, uh, yes. Um, give your message to either of the brother or sisters there, and uh, we'll make sure, we'll take it up to the rookery, okay. and we'll send it off for you. Thank you. Of course. Excellent. So, you all prep uh, to head out, it sounds like. Yeah. Yep. Okay, yep. cool. Mm -hmm. Then that's where we'll call it. Woo! All you guys right. prep to head to the second spire. Woo! Woo! -hoo. Yeah. Second spire. Second spire. I know you're up to some changeling shit. No, I mean, nah, I'm just content here. Sure you are. <laughs> this is my scene. You're not fooling dude. this guy. They don't know you're a changeling, but Jamie does. Who's and Jamie doesn't Jamie? play fair. I like that. He's we... a 13 year old boy. It's me, Jamie. Oh right. Uh, all right, I knew that. <laughs> it's me. 
Noah's got Benjamin Button memory disease. <laughs> what? All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Even if you do or don't have Benjamin Button memory disease, we want to thank you all for listening. Uh, tune in next week to find out what happens next. And please help us out. Tell a friend about our podcast, guys. This podcast is totally independent. We love it. You love it if you've listened this far. And you should share it with a friend because we want more people to listen to this podcast. And don't you want more people to talk about it with? Wouldn't I that be fucking dope? I actually have an idea for a sort of a challenge. Ooh, it's let's challenge them. Totally Ooh. on you guys. But Ice bucket. we'd love to, you know, grow the community around the show. And if you each just got two friends to listen, that would... Basically, pyramid scheming. <laughs> we'll pyramid scheming it. We'll yeah. send you money in an envelope. You put more money in that envelope and send it back to us. <laughs> <laughs> no, put more listeners in the envelope Ooh, and send yeah. it back to us. Yeah, put a listener in a big box. Uh, send it to. But no, that doesn't sound too hard, right? You, yeah, you guys play yeah. D and D, or you have friends who play in D and D, or you want to play. Like, just tell those guys. Yeah. To check it out. That's yeah. All. Or even if they're just curious about D and D, be like, hey, this is a fun one to listen to. Yeah. Here's a great way to see. I mean, if, if you, you think it is. Uh, like listening to a bunch of guys roleplay and not fight anything ever. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like what D&D is like. <laughs> so shoot your ass, baby! <laughs> shout out time. <laughs> All right, first shout out is Beyonce Fan 1. Yes. Thank you so much for your review on <laughs> iTunes. Turn the lights on. You're a survivor. <laughs> uh, all right, our next shout out, Ruth in Comedy. Woo. Yeah, that is yeah. our good friend, Kevin Ruth. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. What's Kevin? up, Kevin boy? Kevin. We love you. Kevin Dunkelston. <laughs> yeah, Kevin oh, Dunkelston. Geez. <laughs> Kevin gave us a social media shout out. I'm pretty sure it was Instagram. Pretty sure it was the best shout out ever to be made. Um, Kevin's the coolest, and he has a podcast you should all check out. If y'all like nerdy things, and you probably do, uh, check out Geek Out with Kevin and Spencer. It's dope. It's a dope podcast. I'm not Kevin. And I'm not Spencer. Uh huh. Wink, wink. This is true. Yeah. It's from the podcast. They get it. Yeah, they get it. They get it. You guys listen to it, you'll get it too. And we know you guys love segments, and they got segments over there. That's what I hear, they yeah. Got segment game strong. Yeah, segment mm. game real strong. Next shout out, thank you so much, Brivella. Brivella, thank you for the review on iTunes. You are cool, and I could pronounce your name, so I love you. You're the best. <laughs> that was uh, very easy to pronounce, and uh, that's a great D&D name, so we might have to yeah, use that Brivella. one. We'll yeah, that is a good name. Uh, last review, wow, thank you so weird. much, Jackie Rackham. Jackie. <laughs> You're the best, Jackie Rackham. <laughs> Jackie Rackham is actually the coolest. Yeah. Uh, Jackie gave us comments on Podbean. She's a super active fan on social media, uh, Instagram specifically. I know I've seen her comment and on Twitter. all sorts of shit. Oh, on Twitter She's too. She's even bigger on Twitter. God, Jackie Rackham. Yeah, check her out on Twitter. She does a lot of funny memes. She's great. Also, I know you said it's the last one, but I have one more <gasps> because we record early. It's like what? kind of mistimed. Uh-huh. The episode already came out that this is relevant towards, and oh. I'm sure you saw us shout this guy out on social media. But Thromgard oh, on Thromgard. Instagram. Ooh. Check out Thromgard. Oh, yeah. He's an amazing artist. Yes. He did that boar drawing that you saw on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. It gives me nightmares still to this day. <laughs> uh, I have it with my phone background. All his th- really? stuff is very yeah, cool. Yeah, so, so fucking cool. Sorry uh, to interrupt. But yeah, no, it's, nah, it's, it's an amazing piece hey, of art. Hey, Thromgard. Uh, anyway, thank you all so much, Eric DeLong, for writing the music. Please, at us. We want to chat with you. At us, at Magic Quest Boys on Twitter and Instagram. Use our hashtag MQBD. Thank you all very much. Thank you for listening. We will see you all next week to find out what happens at the Spire of Violent Destinies. Bye. 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 Let's sing. The Magic Quest Boys. 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 Dragon Town.
Well, dry well, eyes. Well. <laughs> the Ben Stein. Bit. Oh my God, that bit. <laughs> no. Burger. Everyone just said Burger. Ben Stein. Everyone stuff. just knew one Ben Stein thing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I didn't even bring up when Ben Stein's money. I thought I was going to. Anybody else you did. That show? We cut it. Somebody else. Danny did. brought it. Did up. we cut it because did it was already he? brought up? Yeah, because oh, Danny good. brought it up and you and missed you it. And you didn't that even miss too. it when you. <laughs> <laughs> I suck. So we cut it because it was like. Oh Wait, why did you cut it? Wait, why did you get it from the episode? Because it was confusing. Because Danny said it yeah, right before you because were like, it ruined oh, the no joke. one even mentioned uh, <laughs> so cut it out. Ben, when Ben signs the money, but Danny had literally just mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny as fuck. It's so funny that you didn't hear it. Yeah, and <laughs> even when you listened to the episode. <laughs> well, yeah, because you had edited it out. Yeah, we cut no. it. Danny's, no, you didn't oh, hear Danny say it on the episode. Yeah. He didn't say it. Yes, he, he did. did. I think you edited yes, it out. Did. No. <laughs> <I'm> not... <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get, right on, let's get on top of the fight. <laughs> you said Burga, Burga, and then Danny go, and somebody said, oh, oh it's like I said ben the dry style. eyes. Oh, dry eyes. And then Danny was like, Oh, no nobody better try and win his money. Yeah. And then you were oh. like, remember the show Win Ben Stein's Money? And we're all like, yeah. yeah, Danny just referenced I was it. making the fucking sick burger joke. I can't hear all these other stupid <laughs> other jokes. Okay, oh let's do this! Oh Off to a great start. <laughs> Woo, baby! Welcome to the Magic Quest Boys of Dragon Town.